All right, Alexandra, let's talk about the Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas Day, 24th, 25th of December, uh, color revolution that took place in Serbia, failed, failed attempt at, uh, at a color, color revolution that took place in Serbia in Belgrade, uh, organized by the Umbrella Party Serbs Against Violence, who are pro-EU and, um, and yeah, a, a, a cobbled together group of five or six individual parties put together under, under this umbrella name, Serbs Against Violence. And uh, they tried to, to pressure the Vucic government into having a do-over of the election, specifically in Belgrade. So what are your thoughts on what took place in Belgrade? And uh, we'll, we'll discuss it further. First of all, I mean, can I just say that I have absolutely no reason to doubt the results of the of the elections that we've just had in Serbia. Um, I, I haven't been to Serbia now for many years, but I know lots of people from Serbia. You have been to Serbia several times recently. Uh, you've been able to gauge the mood there. I've been able to a certain extent to gauge the mood there from the various contacts that I have there. Um, there is no reason to doubt these results. Uh, I, uh, Vucic's party, as I understand it, won uh, in a massive, by a huge mar margin. It's likely to be in coalition with the Socialist Party, which is the former party of Slobodan Milosevic, by the way. Um, they will have a convincing majority in the uh, Serb Parliament, and even in Belgrade, yes, this is where, as is normal in most of these countries, you will find the people who are pro-EU, pro-NATO, all of those sort of people concentrated. But even there, the likelihood is that a majority, a clear majority of people <laughs> support Vucic, and, or not Vucic, the socialists, and that the elections in um, Belgrade reflect the real views of people there. Now, we have seen this play out so many times. I mean, it's become, I mean, I, I'm going to say it's almost boring now. I mean, the way in which we have the same pattern. I mean, I, you remember Russia 2011 when there were the parliamentary elections there. United Russia sweeps the board outside Moscow. Um, um, does slightly less well in Moscow itself. The result is protests by a small group of people in Moscow, never numbering more than, you know, about 30, 40, 50,000 in total. Um, but they protest, vast amount of publicity. We see, we see the same in place after place, country after country. Serbia is just the latest example but it also tells us a few things which is that people governments have become increasingly familiar with these tactics um the serbs say they were tipped off by the russians that this was going to happen i'm sure the serbs didn't need to be tipped off by the russians in advance to know that this was going to happen um it, it's not going to work because, as I said, the parliamentary results are almost certainly correct. Um, 
it's not like Belarus, for example, where you could perhaps argue that the results were inflated, even though there was no doubt in my mind that Lukashenko won. But in Serbia, I've no doubt the results are correct. Most people in Serbia do not support this. The Serbian government was ready for it. All that this affair exposed, again, is the shallowness and weakness of the pro-Western opposition in Serbia and the way in which it runs its old tactics in exactly the same way. And the giveaway that this is all a PSYOP operation, if I can put it like this, is the name of this umbrella group, Serbs Against Violence. First of all, that is not any kind of political programme. It doesn't tell you who they are. But notice how, you know, what it tries to imply. You know, we're against violence. That means that the government which we oppose is in some way pro-violence. And, of course, though we are against violence and the government is pro-violence, that doesn't mean that we can't engage in violence ourselves because we can try and storm, uh, you know, local government buildings, which they tried to do. But that isn't violence. That's anti-violence of some kind. I mean, this is the kind of uh, mind games. And, you know, uh, you know, there's a man called Gene Chap, who apparently in the United States, who wrote up the manual for all of this. And this is straight out of that manual. It's just, it tells you exactly who's behind it, how it's all played out. But as I said, I mean, governments around the world Governments in Belarus, governments in Serbia, governments, of course, in Russia, know this game now backwards. And if a government is strong, as Vucic's is, and if it has the support of most people, as Vucic's government does, they will see it off. Yeah, I like this new tactic that the EU has put together, the collectivist has put together in order to get a regime change during an election, where they put together like five or six very small parties they put them together under one umbrella party, and then they run them against the uh, the incumbent uh, number one party in order to to get enough of a percentage vote to to remove the the person that they don't want in office. Th- this worked in in the Czech Republic barely. Yes, yes. it barely worked barely in worked, the Czech yeah. Republic, but it did work. Yes, in Hungary, uh, Orbán saw it off. He he crushed this uh, umbrella coalition. But once again, the EU. They, they did this again with Serbia. And, and there are many reports from the media in Serbia, which is saying that the one country that was behind this, and actually Vucic put out a statement and he said, they know which country was organizing most of this. And the media of which Vucic is very close to, they're, they're basically saying this, this was all coordinated by Germany. This is what, what they're saying. And Germany has denied, denied this. Deutsche Welle has denied these claims. But um, this is, it, it's, it's the same old story with regime change like Maidan or, 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 or instances like that. But you have to admit the EU has put a new twist to yeah, it yeah. with these umbrella groups and, and the names that they give them. I mean, it's this is cheating when you think of it. I mean, you're cheating in the election right away by creating this name and then putting together all these parties. Yes. I yes. mean, you're, you're, you're misinforming the people, misdirecting the people. Well, absolutely you are. I mean, you, you, you're, I mean it's, it, you're, you're faking <laughs> – the nature of the political movement that you're you're purporting to support. Now, of course, in the Czech Republic, 
it's important to say that, you know, opinion there is much more finely balanced. I mean, there is very strong opposition to the policies that the EU has been running, perhaps ultimately even majority support. But uh, opinion in Prague is very strong in support of the EU. And there are other people across the Czech Republic who are also very keen in support of the EU. So you could pull it off there. In Belarus, it was tried. I think, as I said, President Lukashenko at the beginning made some mistakes, but he very quickly brought the situation under control, as we remember. In uh, Serbia, where Vucic has long experience of dealing with this sort of thing. Remember, Serbia has been through a color revolution before, <laughs> you know, the one that's brought down Milosevic. So, um, you know, Vucic is very experienced about this. So are the Serb people. Um, there's no possibility that this will work. So what does this do to Vucic? Makes him stronger. <laughs> what I mean, what does it do to Vucic? How, how does this change? Well, how does this change him? Because because Vucic has been, he, he does remind, I mean, a lot of people tell me don't compare him to Lukashenko, but but I do kind of compare him to someone like Lukashenko or Erdogan in the sense that that he does, you know, play both sides. And, I'm, and that's not a bad thing, by the way. But but his strategy has been to to keep the West on side, to keep Russia on side, and to just kind of walk that that tightrope. And he does it very effectively, as as does Erdogan, as did Lukashenko once upon a time, until and this this brings me to my question to you, until the collective West got greedy and they wanted to remove Lukashenko, even though Lukashenko is not hostile to the collective West or the EU. But it wasn't enough. They wanted him gone. And what did it do for Lukashenko? Lukashenko said, okay, now I'm 100% with Russia. So how does, how does this affect Vucic? Does Vucic right. say, you know, uh, you guys have gone too far. I, was, I, I played nice with you all. I, I would make deals with you guys. I would, I, I would, yes, I was friendly to Russia, but I was also friendly to you. But now you guys tried to stab me in the back. Before I, I mean, does, does this... Does this affect Vucic in that way? Yeah. Before I answer that question, can I just say that you're just just going back to your earlier point, of course, the, the idea of cobbling together various parties to create an opposition uh, uh, which can then challenge the incumbent was exactly what they tried to do in the election in Turkey as well. And it failed there also. Just, 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 right. just to make That's that right. point. The, the recent elections. The recent elections, yeah. exactly. Which, which Erdogan, of course, convincingly won. In fact, in in Turkey at least, it consolidated support behind uh, Erdogan. And I suspect it's done exactly the same with Vucic in uh, Serbia. People saw through it. Now, uh, what will it do to, to Vucic? The important thing to understand is that Serbia is in a much more vulnerable position ge geopolitically and geographically than Belarus is. Belarus does not have a border. With, Belarus has a border with Russia. Serbia doesn't. Uh, Serbia is surrounded by NATO states. It's, it's isolated. There's always risks to its communications corridors, which have to pass through countries like Bulgaria and Greece. It's, it's been denied access to the sea. You remember there was uh, an uprising in Montenegro, which overthrew the government there, which was a pro-NATO government, and then NATO pulled out all the stops and they brought back that government back into power. So Serbia is in a much more vulnerable position. It's got a border with Hungary, 
which um, is important. But Hungary also, when all is said and done, is still a NATO state. It's also encircled. It's not got borders directly with Russia. So that automatically obliges Vucic to play a balancing game. And he's got more reason to do it, ultimately, than Lukashenko does. Lukashenko could make a choice. He could say, I'm 100% with the Russians, as he, as he, has, as he is now. But Vucic doesn't have that option. So he's going to have to continue to play a, a balancing game. Because if he doesn't, he knows that the pressure points will, will grow. He knows, for example, that another crisis will be engineered in Kosovo or another crisis will be engineered in Bosnia. He's played this game with incredible skill and he will continue to do it. At the same time, he knows, as do most Serbs, where the pressure is coming from. So though he will be made stronger by these events, he will play for time. And he knows the way, the drift of events now. He knows that the Russians are winning in Ukraine. He knows that the BRICs are getting stronger. He knows that Eurasia is creeping closer and closer all the time. And he will bide and play for time. He will continue to play the balancing game. But gradually, ever so slowly, he will become increasingly more aligned with the Chinese and with the Russians. Yeah. All right. We will leave it there. The Duran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, Telegram, Rockfin, and Twitter X. And go to the Duran shop. 20% off. Use the code Christmas Day. Take care. Christmas 20. Sorry. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>